0: Hello, you guys. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Lit Fit Listens podcast. Today, I literally sat down, set the camera up, had my computer open, had my Premiere Pro open to hit record, And I was like, I don't even have the mic in front of me. So it was one of those days where I was missing the most important ingredient, which was the mic itself. But I hope everyone's doing really well. Happy December, by the way. This is the first episode that's airing in December. If you guys don't already know, I am doing the 12 Days of Live Fitness this year over on my YouTube channel. So I'm posting every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, which usually I was only posting like one to two times a week. So it's quite the frenzy over there. A lot's going on over there. I've only posted the first day so far, but once this episode goes up, day two will be posted. And basically basically i had the inspiration to do this it's the third annual one and a few years ago a couple of years ago now i had this, just I don't know if you guys remember, like the 25 Days of Christmas on ABC Family, like growing up, that was such an iconic part of my childhood where you would like be so excited to see what Christmas movies were airing when and all that sort of stuff. So that was basically the inspiration for the 12 Days of Live Fitness because I'm not insane. I can't post 25 YouTube videos in one month. So I basically have a little schedule where I have like what videos are going up every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I can actually link that in the show notes as well. So you can click on that and you can see know what to expect, know what videos are airing and when they're airing so you can kind of get excited for them and have a little watch party. For my gratitude for today, I'm really thankful for arts and crafts. Last night, one of my good friends and my sister and I, we painted little Christmas ornaments. And first of all, if you need like a fun, cute, whether it's like a date night idea or something for a girls night, it was so much fun just to get like crafty and we had some glitter, some glitter glue, and then all just different types of paints and it was so fun. You can look up little ideas on Pinterest for just ornament paintings. And it was so fun and so therapeutic. And I just have been loving little arts and crafty things lately. And it made me want to actually try to paint like on paper and just have fun with it. So that's what I'm thankful for today is arts and crafts. Because I love it's fun trying to like tap into your creativity and like express yourself in that way So today's episode as you guys know is a Q&A and in case you guys are kind of new listeners I do a Q&A every 10th episode, but I started doing these on the 11th episode So it's every like 71st, 81st, 91st episode So here we are I always love these episodes because I feel like it's a really good way to kind of open up the conversation to you guys It feels more of like a two-way conversation rather than traditionally me just speaking to you guys you know so I put up a little question box on my Instagram and that's where I'm getting all these questions so if you don't already and you want to have the chance to send in a question for the next Q&A be sure to follow me on Instagram it is at livefit so first very first question I got was what's something you tell little Liv about the future I thought this was such a cute question I would honestly tell myself You get to live a version of the life that you've always dreamed of. I think I say this quite a bit like, no, I'm not where I want to be. And I kind of feel like that's something that's always going to be with me because I'm definitely a goal oriented, forward focused person. Like, I'm always someone who likes to set new goals and keep trying to like strive for higher, I guess, if you will, however you want to define that. So, I wouldn't say I'm like living my all-time dream life because I'm constantly refining what my dreams and goals are. But I'm definitely living the direction and the version and theme of life that I've always wanted to live. Like I'm working for myself. I'm pursuing live fit full time. I have a very creative job. I travel a lot. I got to live in Hawaii. I got to live in Costa Rica, and those are all things that I dreamed of, like learning how to surf and all that, all those sorts of things. So. I know that I still have more goals that I want to achieve, but I'm definitely very well in the same lane I've always wanted to be in. And I'm so thankful for that. And I know little Liv would be so excited. Another thing I kind of want to tell her, this is a little bit on the deeper scale of like the trauma scale. I would definitely tell her that the family life gets better. I grew up with, you know, my family unit was never very cohesive or peaceful. And I used to think that was always something that was never going to get better. And my family's not perfect, but we're a lot better than where we were, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago. And so 15 years ago is a lot. Like 5, 10 years ago, we've come such a long way. And a lot of us have done our own little inner healing work. But we've also have kind of found a different sweet spot that we kind of all can coexist in and like make things work. And I'm very thankful for that. And I know little Liv would be so relieved to hear that. 100%. Do you ever see yourself doing a triathlon type event? I would honestly have been thinking more so, not really about a triathlon, because I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not a bad swimmer, but like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really think that I could really shine through with like swimming and biking and those really aren't two things that I really like but I really don't hate running I used to run quite a bit just from sports like throughout high school I did track and lacrosse and I was always pretty like it came pretty natural to me so if anything I could see myself training for like a half marathon or like a marathon I honestly was thinking about this like a month ago because I felt like I needed speaking of goals I needed like something else to work towards like something that was just like exciting something new and I was like should I be training for that but then I wasn't sure if I was only thinking that because i have seen that everywhere because everyone and their brother on social media is like training for either a half marathon or a marathon. But I don't, to answer your question, I don't think I would maybe do a triathlon, but I could definitely see myself getting the itch to try for a half marathon or a full marathon. Full marathon would be ambitious though. We would definitely need to start with a half. Next one, I feel like a lot of us are going to be able to relate to this. Someone said, I'm finding it hard to find my purpose, specifically job-wise. I studied and work in finance. I recently quit and I'm trying to find what I'm good at, but I'm so lost and lack motivation and ambition, which is weird because I used to have it help live. First and foremost, I definitely, we all know for sure motivation is something that always comes and goes. I think, you know, we know that we can never rely on that. That's when they always say discipline over motivation, but I totally know what you're getting at with like feeling ambitious and having that spark and passion. I think is more so kind of what you're getting at. And I totally do believe that that's something that kind of ebbs and flows. I think we definitely have more seasons where we're feeling more passionate, more ambitious, more in a go-getter mindset. Like I could totally relate. I feel like right now I'm in that period of my life where I have lost that. I don't have the potency of passion and spark that I have had in other phases of my life. And I do just think it's just that, a phase. I think you kind of need to wait it out. I think you need to have grace with yourself and know that you can't be on 24-7, 100% like we need these contrasting times to know what it feels like to have that spark because if you think about it if we were always passionate always ambitious always had that spark we would never kind of get those like it would all just end up like blending into the same thing there would be no separation there would be no kind of exciting times or these bursts of energies or bursts of ideas these bursts of creativities it would just all be kind of this Steady state, which would just end up all meshing together and there would be no differentiation with it. So I think it does, it, there is a place, it does hold value to have these different waves of ambition and you need to trust that. I think something to help bring that back, I feel like I'm answering a few questions in one here. But I feel like something that helps to get your spark back is to really try to stay close to the things that excite you. Like what's something that lights you up? What's something that makes you excited to get up in the morning? Like what feels good to you in this moment? And for some, it literally may be freaking watching TV, but maybe there's some sort of inspiration that comes from that. Maybe you have, you find really creative ideas thinking about how the TV show was, you know, produced or how they wrote the script or how the actors are are acting in the scenes. Like there's just, it just shows up in so many different ways. And I think our soul is definitely our guiding light for us. Um, so I would say to definitely try to lean into the things that make you feel good, that are enticing to you, that are drawing you in, because there is some sort of inspiration there. That's why you're being drawn to it. It's kind of like a bug to a light. And now to answer the actual, the original question for this question, how to find your purpose. I want to bring you guys this concept. It's called Ikigai. It's a Japanese concept. If you guys haven't heard of it, I think this is such a great journaling exercise. And I think it's a really great way to reflect on on yourself and what you really desire and really combining all your strengths to come up with kind of what you feel like is the best career for you or like your purpose in life. So this is a great journaling exercise, but this is also, I literally have the visual pulled up on my computer so I don't mess it up. There's basically four circles that are intertwined. It's kind of like a Venn diagram. So first we're going to start off with the North circle. So you're going to put it high up kind of in the middle, and this is what we love. So you're supposed to make a list. You can either write it in this circle or just make a list. If you're journaling, on it write a list of every single thing that you love it could be sunsets it could be dogs it could be literally anything it doesn't have to be productive it could be Painting, it could be you love making lists, you love making your bed, you love feeling productive. Literally anything that you love, write that down. The next circle is kind of going to overlap the bottom right corner of that top circle that we just did. This is gonna be more so in like the Eastern position if we're looking at a compass. This next circle is what the world needs. So think of gaps in the market or things that the world is needing. Anything that you think that the world would benefit from You're going to write it in that circle or write a list from it now kind of in our southern circle. So now this is going to overlap both in the what we love circle and in the what the world needs circle That is what we can be paid for. So for this one, think of skills that you have that you actually can be paid for that could generate revenue. Is it a service? Is it a skill? Something that can be exchanged for monetary value because it holds value. And then the fourth and final circle is going in like the Western position of this compass. It's overlapping the what we can be paid for, what we love, and it's also going to cross into what the world needs. That circle is what we're good at. So you're going to journal about every single solitary thing that you're good at, whether you like it or not, whether it's math, whether it was freaking social studies back in high school, whether it's thinking of different creative ad campaigns, whether it's thinking of good you know verbiage to use for scripting or writing emails, anything that you think you're good at, you're going to write it down. Now, the purpose of this is now you're trying to find, you're going to look at these intersections of all four of these circles. So again, if this is confusing, you just look up Guy. I-K-I-G-A-I on Google and it will give you this whole Venn diagram for you. The cross-section between what you love and what the world needs is your mission in life. What the world needs and what you can be paid for, the cross-section between those two categories is your vocation and the cross-section between what you're good at and what you can be paid for is your profession and lastly what you are good at and what you love is your passion. So I think it's a really great way to kind of Just get clear, learn more about yourself and get things out on paper and figure out honestly what suits you best so next question how to let go of control this is such a good one and I think this is something I've also been dealing with lately because control can come in so many different ways it manifests in so many different ways control at the end of the day is just your egoic mind trying to keep you safe trying to keep you in environments that are safe and familiar your egoic mind a lot of people think when I say ego they think of like oh that means you're conceited and have a big head that's another definition of the ego but more so in spirituality and consciousness and awareness your ego is is kind of your lower self. Your ego is your, the self that's been programmed through traumas, through other people's projections, through fears that you've accumulated through your life. It's not your truest, authentic you. It's not your higher self. It's you bogged down by fear. So, another podcast I made a while back, there's only two umbrella frequencies in life, right? You're either living from love or you're living from fear. Your higher self is always living from love. And that's the you that doesn't need to have control it's able to surrender because your higher self always trusts whereas your ego they're always living in the frequency of fear and where there is fear is when you need to find your sense of control if you didn't fear how things are going to pan out you would not feel the need to control things because you would trust you would already know in your heart of hearts that you got it covered it's like how you feel like when you're traveling with your parents or your boyfriend it's like you're not even worrying about the right direction to go because you know for a fact someone else is telling you where to go This is such a perfect example. That's you, how your higher self operates. That's what it means to just trust and surrender. But when you're traveling alone, there's no one there that you're like, that's when you feel the sense of need to control to make sure you're figuring out where your gate is, reading the signs, you're like hypervigilant, you're looking at your surroundings, all this sort of stuff. You're trying to control the situation because you don't trust that anyone else is there doing it for you, which in that case, no one else is. But I guess in this analogy, your parents or your boyfriend that you're traveling with or whoever, your partner, they're symbolizing God. They're symbolizing the universe. They're symbolizing the higher power. They're They're symbolizing the effortless essence, the effortless flow that comes with the flow of the universe because that's just how it works. So I think step number one to letting go of control is really doing what you can to release your egoic mind and affirm to yourself that you don't need to live in the frequency of fear and that you can live in the frequency of love. You can trust, you can surrender. There were some really big seasons where I was really struggling to really let go of control and the biggest thing for me was just affirming myself every day if I had very spiraling thoughts of anxieties and fears or really frustrating that things weren't going a different way or being very anxious of what if things do don't go this certain way. Step one is always to have self-awareness of understanding this is how I'm thinking so that you can make a change. And so step two was then always affirming myself. I'm living from my lo- from a lower vibration. I'm living from my ego. I'm trying to control. That's not our responsibility. There's always going to be things outside of our control and that is always only up to the power of the universe. It's not in my hands. There's another great quote that's like, if it's out of your hands, it deserves out of your mind as well. Meaning if you- it's not in your control, If you can't do anything to change it, it deserves to also take a place out of your mind. There's no worth stressing about it. There's no worth trying to be anxious of trying to control it because you can't control it anyway. So why is it taking up space in your brain? It's just a waste of energy. Speaking of purposes, next question is what do you feel like your life purpose is? I feel like a few different things but actually this if you guys are into human design I definitely recommend looking up your human design and trying to read into that I am a why am I going to forget oh I'm a generator which literally means like my purpose it really tells you actually speaking of which circling back if you're struggling to find what your purpose is please look up your human design it tells you so much about your soul it's kind of like your soul's birth certificate or like your soul's f- um, thumbprint essentially and it's kind of has to do with like astrology you have to put in like the date you were born in the time but it really tells you like just your soul's map of like what's best for your soul during this time on earth essentially and there's different types of human design and so it basically speaks on behalf of what your purpose is and it just it's crazy how much I resonated with it so for me being a generator one of my biggest purposes in life is to truly Like, stay close to the things that excite me that light me up. Like, I'm supposed to stay very close to the things that I'm passionate about because, as a generator, I'm someone that puts good energy into the world. Like, my purpose is to generate good energy, I'm a source of good energy for the world. So, staying close to the things that excite me that build me up is a direct way for me to build up more energy to then give it to the world. And being a generator, like, we get so lit up by the things that we love, so much so that we create so much energy and good goodness and love and light that it can't help but overflow from us hence why we're able to give so much of it to the world so technically (laughs) speaking my purpose is to stay very close to those things which I think makes so much sense for me because that's like totally how I've lived my life up into this point whether it's like being called to travel to certain places or what content I felt called to produce or just staying close to this brand that always made me feel so passionate but I guess kind of stepping answering more literally a little bit to finite it to bring that down I would say my overall purpose in life is to help others see the beauty in life and the potency of life and I think I know that's so vague in general but I think life comes in so many you know there's so many different facets so I think with that a part of my purpose like a subcategory is helping Other people see the beauty in themselves, helping them love themselves, helping them them see that life is worth living, helping spread the excitement and the lust for life that I feel like I've always had. Ooh, great question. And I think I have an answer to this. Someone asked, how do I remain aligned with my goals without also attaching to expectations? I think this is such a good question and a million dollar question. The first thing that came to my mind when I saw this question, I think it totally comes down to you focusing on your inputs. I think goals are really great because it gives you a direction, right? And I do think there's a difference between kind of your goals and your intention. So I do think intention setting is kind of a better verbiage to use here. I personally feel like goal setting is really focusing on the output that you are intending to have, whether it's make X amount of money, um, gain X amount of subscribers, or you know move X amount of positions up my corporate ladder, right? I feel like there's more of like an emphasis on the output of that goal that you're setting, where I feel like your intention has more to do with your input that you're putting into To start to achieve or head towards that output of a goal. So I feel like your intention has a lot to do with like what you're doing on your input scale on like your process scale that's inevitably helping you arrive at your goal. But so what I would say to help you remain unattached to your expectations is to always focus on your process rather than being so caught up with what your outcome is. There's kind of two sides to the same coin if you look at it when you are trying to set a goal. Yes, there's a certain outcome to things, but you can only get there with a certain sequence of systems of process to get to that point. So without the process, you can't get to that goal. And without the goal, you don't know what process to put in place to get there, right? So it's two sides of the same coin. You need it, you need both, but so there's kind of two ways to look at the same exact thing. And so instead of focusing so much on your expectations of your output of the result, instead switch that and look on the other side of the coin and just simply focus on your process that you've been stated to get there because Theoretically, inevitably, you will arrive at that point, given you're really fully focused on your process and giving your best and doing your best work in your process. You'll never really going to get there. But doing so also allows you to keep an open mind for what that outcome is going to be, because kind of going back to that control comment as well, that control question, we don't always know what the best answer is. And we always think we do. And I think this is the biggest kicker with everything. We always think we know what's best for us. But the reality of it is we can't tell the future. Right? We have a lit. I have no idea what my reality is going to be in an hour from now. I, I have a good idea based on what on pattern, but how many there's definitely so opportunities for just really freak events to happen or accidents, God forbid, anything. So much can change literally in an instant. My phone could ring telling me completely different news. I can get an email in the matter of an instant, right? So we do not know what the future holds. So we always think that we know what's best that we need to achieve. Achieve this goal. But you need to understand that we don't know if that's actually the best option. We also don't know if we need that outcome right now or if we need to learn a lesson first like everything is always so divine there is a path for all of us I'm not entirely sure if it's like laid out from the day we were born but there is a reason for everything and the air there is a certain flow for everything so if you just focus on your process that's you controlling your controllables we cannot always control what the outcome is and that's honestly a blessing and a good thing because we don't always know what the best outcome is because we may need to learn a lesson right now even if we don't always want to we may Need to have a smaller chunk of that goal arrive to us first so we can get acclimated and then be ready to take on that reward of the new goal because maybe new responsibility comes with that bigger goal or maybe something even better, bigger, at bigger than better than we could ever imagine is coming for us. But the thing is that we don't know. So you just need to stay focused on what your process is, control your controllables and leave the outcomes just completely open And you have to trust and surrender that what's meant for you is going to find you, that checks and balances are a huge portion of this life. Your work ethic will be reciprocated, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not when you're expecting the goal to be completed, but eventually your work ethic will always be reciprocated to you and you need to trust that and you need to trust its timing. What is one thing you wish you knew before starting your podcast, working on launching soon? Yay, I love that for you. That's so exciting. I would say my biggest thing is I just wish I knew more of the um – like analytics side or like you need something called a podcast provider that essentially will that's where you upload your podcast and then there's an RSS feed and that's like what disperses it's like Apple Podcasts to Spotify, Google, all that sort of stuff. So I would say I wish I just knew more about the different options for a podcasting provider. I just didn't really understand. I didn't really think it mattered too much. So I would say just I wish I did more research on the different podcasting providers excuse me, providers available um, and what analytics they share and all that sort of stuff and just like the safety and protection that comes with your podcast because you always think like, oh, I'll deal with it later. But you don't always want to have to reorganize everything again. You know what I'm saying? So like I personally use Anchor by Spotify, but like Buzzsprouts, I think a Buzzsprout Yeah, Buzzsprouts, another great one, and then that one you have to pay for, but there's more analytics to it. And then there's another one. I don't know. There's just a lot of different options, and I would definitely recommend doing some research on different podcast providers to make sure you find one that you're good with. Next question: How do you feel like you know when you're ready for a relationship? Ooh, I think this is definitely still subjective to everyone, but I think the biggest thing, first and foremost, you need to make sure that you're not coming from a place of need, of neediness, of desperateness, of codependency, like you need to be very okay and fulfilled with being alone. I think this doesn't mean that you need to be like, I don't want a man or I don't want a relationship. Like, I think there's a difference. I felt super content with myself I felt like I really loved my own company I knew that I didn't need someone for my happiness like I felt very happy before I got into a relationship but I just remember feeling like I had so much love in me I wanted to give it to someone like I was craving loving someone not like the validation or the comfort or the security of someone else loving me I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but I just feel like it goes to show like it just shows when you're in a different place. Like when you feel like you're completed as a person, that's when you would feel ready to give to someone else, you know? So I would say to be very careful that you're not seeking someone out because you're actually lonely. Like definitely sit with yourself and be very honest with yourself. Journal about it if you need to, but I think that's when it's a very slippery slope and that's when you end up having very low standards. You are starting to accept the bare minimum because you're just trying to be with some to not be alone. But I actually heard this on a another podcast where they just were essentially saying like, you still will end up alone if you're in the wrong relationship because you're not with someone who actually gets you. And that's what happens when you start to get desperate when you just wanna be with someone because you don't wanna be alone. You know, like then you end up just accepting anybody, but they don't actually know you. They don't know your soul. You guys don't actually like click. And so you're still alone on the soulful level anyway, you know. So I would say that's the biggest thing. Make sure that you're feeling very content in yourself and know that you're not doing it for alternate reasons other than solely that you're ready to support and give love to another human being. Next question. You mentioned God, but you aren't religious. What are your beliefs around God? If you don't mind me asking, I have touched on this like a lot of Q&A episodes now again at this point. So it's been a minute. So let's talk about it again. Respectful to everyone. Everyone has so many differing opinions. I personally grew up raised Catholic, side note, fun fact. So I actually grew up going to a private Catholic school, like uniforms. We prayed before every single class. We went to church once a week as a school. Um, I did that from kindergarten up to sixth grade. I got, Confirmed. So I've been baptized, had my first communion, went to reconcilia- reconciliation and penance, got confirmed. If you're not religious, you're gonna be like, what the heck are all those things? But like in the Catholic Church, they're just different sacraments that you kind of go through. Like marriage is another one when you get married in a church, etc. So I have been in the religious scene, and I still am more so identify as spiritual more than anything. I do mention God, and I feel like I've been saying. I've been using that terminology more often than I have in the past, 100%, especially since kind of my deep dive into spirituality. And it's. Be- I've never not believed in God. Like and I, I've never said that I haven't believed in God. I've always believed in God. I've always believed in a higher power. Like ever since I was little, even in comparison to like my siblings, I've I was kind of the only one that stuck with religion and my faith for as lo- long as I did. Like I've I've definitely been very faithful. I just am at the point where I don't feel the need to personify God. I think there's so much man-made pollution in religion a lot of conflicting information that I don't agree with and a lot of ego, to be fully honest with you, in religion and in the church. And I know this is going to press a lot of people, but like I think if you open your eyes, there's a lot of money and power grabs that are within religion and, and so many people would say like yes that's the corruption part of the church is not true religion I totally get it and I'm with you when you're correct but for me I just would still choose to I just don't feel called to be a part of that and I don't really resonate with it but I just still I've always believed in God I just don't think he's this personified person that's like floating in the sky I think God universe spirit to me that's all one and the same I, I think they're very, very real, alive and well, just very potent, powerful forces. But like I said, I don't think he's someone in the sky. I think God, spirit, universe, it's its in everything. It's everywhere. Like, it's almost hard for me to explain it, but it's like, it's not this one separate entity. And I think that's why I struggle with religion because they, there tends to be this narrative that it's something that's finite. When I feel like, God and source and religion, uh, excuse me, God, source and the universe and spirit. Like it's such an infinite thing. It's something that can't be described. It's something that can't be put in a box. It can't be something that's identified. Like it's everywhere in everything. It is the breath of life and everything that we interact with. It's the the energy currents that are in everything that we can't even see. It's this magnetic pull that tie two humans together that makes certain interactions happen that make me cross the street right after the specific car drives behind me like all those random current like those events that are all seamlessly divinely happening like to me that is God God is expressed in everything everywhere in everyone we are all extensions of the same God source spirit that we talk about like it is we are itself experiencing itself is how I see God but so I think God is very real I just don't think it's like a he a person a human you know, like in the sky. Oh, next question, any details for Bali retreat? I'm saving up to go. Okay, this one, I'm so happy someone asked this. So I haven't really been speaking about it too much, but I am hosting a Bali retreat going on early next May. So early May, May 2nd to May 9th of 2024. Like I said, it is in Bali and it's an eight day retreat. And it's basically like we're traveling together. We're doing a lot of different activities on the itinerary, but there's also spiritual and soul expansion workshops that I will be hosting. So for the activities, we're going to be doing three different waterfall hikes. We're going to be snorkeling. We are going to be doing a Balinese cooking class, which I'm so excited for for some reason. We're going to a turtle rehabilitation center. We're visiting a pearl farm. We're going to a temple. So there's so many different activities, even more than that. There's just a lot of on the itinerary that's going to be really fun. And then also for the workshops, I'm hosting a group workout. There are two meditation workshops, two journaling workshops, and then also a woman's circle where we're going to be doing gratitude and affirmations together. And all of that is involved in the ticket price. So, all of the activities, all of the accommodations, all of the workshops, and some meals, and also airport transportation to and from or upon arrival and departure, are all included in your ticket price. What's not included in your ticket price is your airfare, some meals, alcohol, any insurance, but everything else is included in your ticket price. And there are also are payment plans available on the site. Only 25% of your ticket price is actually due upfront to reserve. Um, your seat. At the moment we do have 12 amazing girls that are coming on this retreat and I'm so excited. So we still have a few spots remaining. If you would like to join us, but I think more than anything, this retreat is definitely for anyone who is a looking to travel, who, especially if someone who feels like they don't have really anyone to travel with, it's a great way to have a group kind of catch you when you get off the plane and to travel with. It's an amazing way to meet new friends. You guys, the sisterhood that it's in these retreats, like in these women's circles is hands down. I think my favorite and best part and the part that surprised me the most from these retreats, I am always I still just am blown away thinking about it to this day, both. So I hosted two retreats last year in Costa Rica and both of those group messages are still active, texting each other on holidays, updating people about their lives. Girls have met up again, gone out to get food, you know, hung out like it's the most rewarding thing when I tell you like genuine friendships have been built from this from these retreats and just from the community that's formed we already have a group message up and running with all the girls that are coming on the Bali retreat so if you're feeling nervous already like once you get your ticket we could totally add you in and you can ask as many questions as you want get the support from everyone have that community feel help with trip planning if you want to plan your flight with someone to coordinate it's like It's already all there and it just is so amazing. The best thing has been the friendships that have been forming. Like I truly miss all the girls that have come on my Costa Rica retreat. Just the relationship is so special, not only from traveling with someone for a week, it's an inevitable to get so close to them, but also with all of the soul expansion and the vulnerability that happens and just the raw conversations that we have in these women's circles is so healing and it's such a great way to connect with each other. And if you're just looking yourself to, align to expand yourself to get out of your comfort zone to grow to meet yourself deeper like it's such a great way to do so all while traveling in a beautiful place and still having time to relax and get that vacation that you've been needing. So if you want any more details further in depth than I've explained, like the full itinerary is listed, it's down below on the trip page. It'll be linked in the show notes or in the description box if you're watching on YouTube. Everything that needs to know is there. If you have any other questions, you can totally DM me on Instagram. It's at lifit. And you can also purchase your ticket as well um, at that trip page down below. What helps you feel at peace in your decision slash trusting yourself to do what's right for you? I love this one. Okay, a couple of things that are coming to mind. I used to have bad, like I used to be very anxious, thinking about, oh my gosh, what's the right decision? Because growing up, I my dad was pretty strict. And so I always I think that's where it stemmed from. Like I was always nervous about making the wrong decision because there was kind of this always hypothetical, like, I don't want to get in trouble, right? But obviously as you get older, like you're making your own life decisions. Like no one, you no one's gonna get yell at you for it. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna get in trouble for it. Like it's your own life. There's technically no right or wrong answer. So Basically what helped me with my decision making was I just used to, like I would tell myself even now to this day, like this decision is not banking on someone's health or life. Like this isn't a life or death situation all my loved ones and myself are safe and healthy and alive. These decisions really aren't that major of a deal. All that actually matters is okay. So there's no need to like make myself sick or worry myself beyond the end about making the right decision. Like at the end of the day, everything that matters is okay. So this really isn't that big of a deal. That's step number one to kind of rid myself of the anxiousness because you perform better. I don't care what it is, whether it's decision-making, your creativity, being in the workplace, you work better when you're not anxious because your brain can actually get rid of those clouded thoughts and you can actually focus on your solution, on your action step, rather than being so clouded by that anxious emotion that does nothing but you know make you jittery and then the second thing that always helps me is there really isn't a right answer and I think some for some that may make them feel more anxious but to me it calms me down because I'm like there just is there is no right or wrong there's just experiencing and in life you're never stuck there's always opportunities to pivot and shift and I think a lot of the time we think so many decisions are like end all be all but like let's say you choose to move somewhere if you wanted to, you can pick up and move again. And I know there's definitely more logistical things that happen like in our 3D reality, whether you need to wait for more money to come in or wait for your lease to be up, but like you can always shift and evolve. Like you are never chained anywhere. Like we lived in such blessed times. Like there's always opportunity to shift and evolve. And so that's something that helps me understand that like I'm never stuck no matter what decision I make. And two, there is no right or wrong decision. There's no teacher that's going to give me, you know, mark my answer wrong and have me fail fail at life. Like it's just, life is all about a constant evolution and shift. I think right or wrong like speaks, it, it points to the fact that there's like an end to things. You know what I mean? Like the end of the exam, it's either right or wrong, but like it's this always continuous process that's happening. And so a part of me doesn't really believe in right or wrong decisions. And I think you just have to trust that once you lean into this decision that feels right to you, like you were always meant to make that decision. Like you are where you are for a reason. You're meant to be where you are. And trusting that I think helps so much just to rid yourself of that anxiety of those worries. And your gut always knows what's best. And again, you're either experiencing something right now because it's truly what's meant for your highest good or it's a lesson for you to be learning from like there that's really the only the only two viewpoints that you can look at life through so that's what I mean when there's no real wrong decision like even for me speaking on this actually a great example I lived in Costa Rica for like five weeks on my own looking back now I'm like would I have done that again honestly no to be honest like super beautiful place but I don't think that was a great place for me to have traveled solo traveled alone because it was already such a remote place and so I really struggled while being there like I didn't really have like oh best time of my life I wouldn't really describe it as that so looking back now would I say it was the wrong decision no but what I say was like the best decision I made for myself for my highest self not really that either right but at the same time it's like I learned so much and I grew so much and I evolved so much and I and I just learned something right and so that would be a perfect example where you could be like, oh my gosh, should I make the wrong decision? I still don't think I did. I, I learned something from that. And so now you just kind of roll with the punches and you shift and you evolve and you move on. And I think that's what helps me have more peace with my decisions is knowing I'm right where I'm supposed to be and things are always constantly shifting and evolving and things aren't at an end for it to be wrong. You're just simply rolling into the next stream of decisions. Advice for students far from home, uh I did not like college, you guys. I would say I went to school like four hours away from home. FaceTime, call your people. I know that sounds so obvious, but like it goes so far. Like FaceTime your people, call them, do little cutesy things. Like even freaking writing letters. Like where did that go? I loved that. Like have your parents send you something in the mail. You mail them a little postcard or a note or a letter. Like things like that, I think go a long way and help you feel very cared for. Best time of day for a workout slash length of workout per day. Sis, this is totally subjective. The best time of day to work out is the time of day that you're actually going to go and be consistent with it. 10,000%. For me, that's the evening. That's what works with my schedule. That's what allows me to go. That's what it gives me kind of a break in the middle of my day, like between editing a little bit. So I think it's 100% the time of day that makes you work best, that helps with your productivity levels in the rest of your day, where you feel energized enough to have a good workout in. It's totally trial and error and it's so subjected to each individual. For some people, they love working out in the morning. It sets themselves up for so much more success throughout the day. For me, I find as of now, when I go to the gym in the morning, I end up up taking longer because I like to take my time in my workouts but then it pushes me back from starting work for the rest of the day and then it really impacts my productivity for the rest of the day and also I like to have a couple meals in me I feel stronger when I lift when I have some meals in me so that's why I personally like to lift in the afternoon so super subjective definitely recommend trial and error and length of workout per day again totally depends on your goals sometimes my workouts are only 20-25 minutes and sometimes they're an hour and a half to two hours so it depends on what you're doing it's not about this magic number of how long you should be working out. It's more so about your quality, what your intensity is like during your exercise and actually having a high quality workout that goes way farther than how much time you're spending in the gym. In what ways do you think you've changed this past year? I love this question. This would be such a good journaling question. In what ways do you think you've changed over this past year? The biggest thing that's coming to mind, I feel like I've shifted a lot kind of in my personal life like I feel like I've become like maturing I feel like I've become a lot more responsible a lot more aware of more things from my childhood and how I want to move forward as an adult I feel like my values have shifted as well as an adult as in the kind of adult that I want to be the kind of human I want to be um and Yeah, I feel like that's very generalized, but very like kind of small things in my personal life. But I just have had a lot of different perspectives that I have wanted to make a shift in how I act, how I show up, etc. But I would say overall, I've become a lot more responsible this year with smaller things, with like cleanliness, timeliness, Um, Even more respectability, like just because of purely different perspectives that I've had. How do you know when to pull back from calorie tracking? I find myself binging if I don't. My biggest piece of advice with this is to always wean off of calorie tracking. I don't know if you've tried this already, but if you're already tracking, all day, every day, seven days a week, go down to just having one free day. So you're tracking six days a week, but Saturday is your free day and you're just doing your best to eat intuitively. Wait till you kind of feel like you've had a good grasp on that day. You've been making very mindful decisions. You're listening to your hunger cues, etc. Then maybe you try to go, okay, now I'm gonna go Saturday and Sunday without tracking, but all throughout the week, I'm going to be still tracking. And then the same thing, just kind of continue that pattern where you're slowly weaning off of it, where you're able to keep those same habits habits from when you are tracking to not slash it gives you time to just practice trying to listen to your hunger cues trying to listen to your intuition and just simply being more mindful of what to eat Advice for setting manageable and realistic intentions for the day slash week. I just touched on this on my most recent YouTube video. It was Live Fitness Day One. I did a whole video on goal setting, by the way. It was totally a podcast-esque YouTube video. So if you guys like the podcast, you'll probably like that YouTube video. Um, But I run through like all my goal setting for 2024 and I talk about... Um, a big problem that I always used to have was I always end up biting off more than I can true and like setting these like writing a huge list of all these goals for all these different categories for the year and it just is always kind of like too much and kind of unrealistic and sometimes I even have that problem when it comes to like my day-to-day to-do list or intentions etc so I would just say you have to Know yourself. And I think this comes with just gaining more self-awareness. When I say, think about what you're thinking about, like take a second to reflect on how you work throughout the day, what you've gotten done for the day and think about, okay, this is where I'm at right now. Try to only inch, you know, expand on that productivity or whatever, just a couple notches, right? Look at where you are now, how you're performing now, what you're doing now, what your capacity is now, and thinking about how you can slightly kind of scale that up. And I think that's a great way to figure out what's actually realistic and manageable for you in that week, because it's obviously so gonna be so subjective from me to to the next person. It's kind of the same thing in the gym. It's like, you need to understand, okay, right now I'm doing 135 squats. I'm not gonna randomly the next day be like, okay, I'm gonna really try to hit 215. It's like, that's just unrealistic. So. At that point you're like okay i'm gonna add five or ten more pounds on my squat next week that would make more sense right so it's kind of that same theory of knowing where you're at right now with your awareness and reflection and then stepping that up just like a couple notches it's the same thing when it comes to writing or to-do list or intention settings next question kind of piggybacking off that this is a great one i hear you say set your intentions really often but don't really know how or what to look out for kind of touched on this previously with the goal uh, question. To me, setting an intention is more so establishing your input. And what I mean by that, it's like it's establishing how you're going to show up in life. It's establishing your process, your strategy of how you're going to take on life and take on your day. So there's an, kind of another common saying that's like, it's not about what you're doing. It's how you're doing it. Your intention is kind of how you're doing it. Your goal is kind of what you're doing. So we both could have the same goal, right? Of gaining 5,000 followers on Instagram And your intention may be to show up with very, you know, informational content. What works well for you is a lot of verbal talking to the camera content, very raw organic content. Okay. That's your intention, your strategy. For me, my intention may be if I'm in a different lane of like humor videos or something, you know what I mean? So it's like, we have different, your intentions are kind of your different paths of how you're going to get to a certain goal essentially. And it doesn't even have to be something tangible. It could also just be like an energy so a lot of times for me my intention is like I want to show up and live with love and light right that's just like an intention of my process of how I'm showing up how I'm taking on life the energy I want to embody so I would say how to set your intentions like it definitely takes working backwards sometimes it's kind of like what you want and then you're Basically, intentions are how you're going to get there. So it's like if I want to be a better friend, you know, maybe I'm setting an intention to be a better listener. Maybe I'm setting an intention to think before I speak, so I'm speaking more kindly. Maybe I'm setting an intention to be more thoughtful. Um, in the space when I'm around my friends so I can hear different things that she needs and I can surprise her with these things or emotionally give her these needs etc does the change in season affect you if so how do you deal with it if not how do you avoid it change of seasons 100% affect me uh if you know me I'm definitely like a sunshine summer girl through and through how I deal with it is I really try to think of the things that I like about winter and the colder months and try to appreciate the beauty in it and also appreciate what its purpose is that it's serving. So for example, learning to appreciate the beauty of it. For me, that's drinking warm beverages, hot cocoa, candy canes, warm fuzzy socks, sitting in front of the fire, reading, watching movies, baking, having certain desserts, right? Doing arts and crafts that are themed to the season. So like I just said, my friend and my sister and I, we painted Christmas ornaments, like just basking in the cozy fun activities that come with that season just like I would bask in the fun activities that come with summer that I love so much that has helped me so much with having a more positive attitude and just like learning to fall in love with it and honestly just romanticizing winter but also to understanding that everything has a season no pun intended but like we need this downtime of hibernation of rest of Retrieving inward, like all of those things are so important because if we had to go, go, go 24 7 all the time, like that's not how nature works. Like these trees die, go into hibernation in the winter, and then they bloom in the spring and thrive in the summer. It's like it's this cyclical nature of life that's always going to be there. There's so many life lessons in nature. And so it's kind of also about embracing that of like, I'm so thankful for this low time to teach me and to show me and be able to appreciate. the highs of the warm months that I love so much. It's like, how would you ever appreciate sunshine if we never had the rain? How are we supposed to appreciate on if we didn't have off? It's like those things literally wouldn't exist without the polarity, without that contrast. It's literally a law of the universe. It's called the law of polarity. So also acknowledging that helps me be more at peace and understand this purpose that winter is serving next question have you ever tried any psychedelics if not what are your thoughts about them so i have tried psychedelics so i'm still going to tell you my thoughts on them <laughs> i actually love shroomies i love them so much i feel like that makes it sound like i do them all the time i don't but i have really only had like one thorough trip in my life life changing i've been craving actually another one for months um and I love them. I think it's so expansive. I think it's a great tool. Again, nothing to get dependent on, but I think it's a great tool to sit with, for reflection, to help, expand your awareness and gain different perspectives like I felt so at peace when I was tripping and even the whole like few days after like my it sounds so corny but like I thoroughly felt what it means when they say like you are one with nature with the universe like I thoroughly felt and understood my place with being here on earth and like where I am and I just felt so at peace with everything like I felt so calm I felt so expansive during the trip. I could like feel my heart space, like literally radiating heat and warmth and love. And I just feel like I, it was such a peaceful time. I did it when I was camping um, with some friends and it was totally like something that was unplanned, like divine timing that fell into place. And it just felt like pure magic. And I absolutely loved every single minute of it. (laughs) And since then, I've microdosed. Actually, when I was in Amsterdam, I microdosed. And same freaking thing. I just felt so happy, so expanded, so content, so appreciative, so grateful. And I think they're just, I think they're a really great tool. If you are needing clarity or anything, I think it's, of course, this is not medical advice and everyone has totally individual experiences on their trip. So like, I'm also not trying to, advertise it or condone it. But like in my opinion, my experience, it was something that was really great for me. And I think if you are looking for clarity, it could be a great tool to look into. But again, every single person is different. I will say if you feel like you carry a lot of emotional baggage or a lot of trauma, I would definitely try to do some shadow work beforehand just to help to clear some of that energetically because I know that sometimes your trauma can really be magnified throughout like a trip process and like really have you face it head on so that would be my two cents on that last thing I want to touch on before we go I'm so glad I remember this because I screenshot it someone also messaged me a longer 11:11. I just saw it on my uh camera timer but someone messaged me and it was a little bit of more of like a situational kind of question where she wanted more so my perspective on it So she said, my man and I are on our third year together. We're great at communicating, but sometimes it's hard accepting that his masculine energy will always bring in the logical side of the problem. And my feminine energy can understand that side, but my emotions will always win. Sometimes it's hard to feel understood, but that's the duality found in most relationships, right? Accepting that your partner has their own perspective on things and it doesn't have to change to make the relationship work, question mark. Maybe I don't need a direct answer, but I just want to hear your take on this. So I love this and I actually have quite a bit to say on this. I did a whole podcast on feminine energy. I'm someone who like feminine energy, masculine energy is very real. I think a misconception that we think is a, you know, born male has 100% masculine energy. A born female is 100% feminine energy and it's just not the case. Energy, feminine masculine energy really doesn't have, it's not solely dependent on the sex that you were born. And with that, no matter your sex, every single person or gender, but like every single person, whether male or female, has both within them. I have both feminine and masculine energy within me, just like my boyfriend has both masculine and and feminine energy within him. I do think there's more dominant Of energy in the individual like I think for my boyfriend and I like that's what makes our relationship work like I take more of the feminine energy role and he takes more of the masculine energy role and that's what creates the polarity in uh, their relationship but to answer this question more directly I understand that your boyfriend has his masculine energy but I think this is where the other side is supposed to come into play to allow resonance and comfort and synergy between You know these two parts of this divine union. So it's like, yes, he does have masculine energy, and yes, you know his logical side is important. But it's also important for him to tap into his femininity when you're having feminine needs. I think, you know, for me, it's like I vent to my boyfriend about a lot of things. If he just came to me and was super logical and was like, "Well, do this, this, and this," or you know, you're complaining and you need to do this, and that's what's gonna fix it. Like I would never, my emotional needs wouldn't be met. And I think this is when a man needs to tap into his feminine to be there to support his female when she is venting. And, you know, there's a time and place for everything. Like then usually we get to a point where I want a more logical answer. But my boyfriend more often than not is always showing up first with more of a feminine, understanding, empathetic compassionate energy to hear me so I feel heard and seen and so my emotional needs are net met and then once I kind of have cleared that emotional viewpoint then I'm ready to look at it from a logical lens and then he's able to give me his masculine perspective and viewpoint on it and on the contrary to, to even out this playing field it's kind of like the same thing if my boyfriend was quote unquote in his masculine and he was looking for a solution but if I was solely only in my feminine and I only just gave him all of this emotional support when he was coming to me for some logical action steps like for me that's when I would need to be placed in my masculine to support him if he needed that from me so I I just think all in all to kind of bring this full circle and bring it to completion I think it's definitely a delicate dance, but it's always about kind of complementing each other and showing up emotionally as the other one needs. So yes, there's definitely a situation In the polar dynamic of a masculine feminine relationship where the feminine needs to show up in her feminine energy to meet her man and his masculine energy to make a situation work. But there's also definitely a lot of times where the feminine needs to show up in her masculine and the masculine needs to show up in his feminine to make the other person feel heard and understood. It's kind of like a connection point. Um, And so I do think... It is important to have both and that's why I think it's great to have a relationship, no matter your sex, no matter your gender, to have a relationship and to be connected with both your masculine and your feminine energy. Excuse me. I actually have a friend and I think he's great, but a part of me also feel like he needs to strengthen his feminine energy, which will allow him to connect with females in a more cohesive, understandable, compassionate manner. So all in all, I just do think that you do need both. There's times where the contrasting dynamic is what makes it work, but there's also times where there needs to be mirroring energy, I want to say, or synergistic energy, I want to say, to meet each other. So you actually feel heard and seen first, and then you can kind of combine your power of a masculine viewpoint, of a feminine viewpoint to move forward. That's personally my opinion on it. Um, And I do feel like firsthand from experience I have very much so felt the difference that you do need both especially in a relationship to be able to connect with the opposite gender so anyways that was a really good Q&A session I'm not gonna lie I enjoyed those questions thank you guys so much for Sending in questions and participating, it means a lot to me. I love being able to open up this conversation to you guys. For my affirmation for this episode, it has to do with control. And it is I release the reins of control and focus on all that lies within my own hands. I release the reins of control and focus on all that is in my own hands. Just to remind us to release all the things that are not in our control. We don't need to worry about it and just focus on your own controllables. Focus on the things that you can control. Thank you so, so much for watching or listening. If you are watching on YouTube, don't forget, I am recording all these podcasts and they are available on YouTube. It's just at the Lif Fit Listens podcast on YouTube. If you guys enjoyed this podcast and are wanting to support it in a way that's completely free to you, you can either screenshot this, post it on your story, share it with a loved one, a friend, a family member, or you can leave a a rating or a view. It always really helps to help this podcast grow and reach more people and impact more lives, which is always the goal. I also want to say thank you so, so much. I'm so happy I remembered this to everyone who has been listening to this podcast for the past year. Spotify rap came out and it's always just so warming and rewarding to see like all you guys listening and like all you guys sending me being on your top five podcasts and all this sort of stuff being top 1% listeners like it means the absolute world to me this is truly my passion project and it means so much to me that you guys are actually listening on the other end and allowing me to express myself like I appreciate your guys' support so much it goes such a long way and I'm forever grateful so I'm sending you guys so so much love and hopefully I'll see you next week in the next epi Peace out.